spawner splash dabbing units. You have dabbing units? Dab on them haters. Dab, dab on them haters. <laughs> an error or an era? An era. Error. Error. You still, you still don't know what I'm saying. You don't got to tell me, man. I have the Sea Geek on my phone. I have the Sea Geek on my phone. I got the Sea Geek on my phone. Ah. Arrows volatiling across. Volleying. Volleying. <laughs> Volatiling. Was the speed of her <laughs> arrows Rail, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, cheeseburgers were the Hog Riders' favorite meal, butterflies left the arena, and archers became magical. Boom. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to read it. <laughs> I would not read it. So here we are. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah. Boom. Um, and as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, CLNSmedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 57, baby, let's go. We are here, and we have a pretty fun show for everybody coming up. Uh, Mark's a landmark, actually, but we won't talk about that now because we don't want to ruin the surprise. So, without further ado, how was your week in the arena, bruh? <laughs> bruh? <laughs> week in the arena has been really fun. Um, I haven't been able to play too, too much. Not as much as I'd like to because work has just been absolutely killing me. But mm -hmm. I wound up making it to 48-12 in the ladder. Ooh. I'm still using the Mortar Mauler deck, but I have started to level up. Wait for it. Wait for it. What? An expo deck. What? Dude, I am sick and tired of only being able to use the mortar on the ladder. And I figured, if I already play one siege deck, might as well try the other, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid point. Uh, and something that has never crossed my mind, and it probably should have, because, you know, mortar being nerfed and all. Yeah, no, that was my thought too. And I, I, I probably should have chosen a different deck to level up, but... And only because the expo is an epic, and epic take forever to actually, um, like, level up, right? But I'm pretty right. close to level 7 somehow. I must have gotten lucky with, like, epic chests and stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to it. But in the meantime, while I level that thing up, I'm playing ladder here and there. But I am practicing a lot of, like, classic challenges with the expo so that I can just get used to it and kind of figure out the mechanics. That's really smart, man. I feel like I just don't do enough with challenges in general unless there's like a special event type challenge going on. I don't know. I just feel like I don't have very many gems and I just sit there and play the ladder, get frustrated, spiral every once in a while, downward of course because there's no spiraling up. But I do feel like you get a level of experience by playing the challenges that I just probably will never get because my brain just doesn't think oh let me go in and just play some challenges because i'm like casual and everything <laughs> yeah man no i get it and to be honest with you like i i usually don't go into challenges but the thing is dude the last like four or five balance changes have just destroyed the mortar mauler 
and I can still use it on the ladder and I'm still pretty good with it. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't want to play the ladder right now. So I'm just like, okay, well, what else can I do? I can only play 2v2 so much before my teammate leaves and just frustrates me. Right. And, and I don't get anything for that. I mean, I guess the good thing is that I get chests in my cycle if I win, but mm-hmm. I get frustrated if my teammate just leaves. So I can only do so many of those. So instead, I either play friendly battles to practice or I do the classic challenges because, like you said, I don't have that many gems, and the gems that we got were from Bufferetti for YouTube. So what I'm trying to do is really just play classic. They're 10 a pop, and you can practice and, and, and just get better. And I do agree, though, that the, that the experience you get from challenges is, is, is much, much different than the experience you get in ladder, right? Because ladder is just nev- inevitably who can level up their cards more until they get to a cap, and then if they're higher level than you and equally skilled, chances are they're probably going to beat you. Right. But in classic challenges or grand challenges, you're playing against people at the same cap as you, and all that there is is skill between the two of you. So if you can face the best players in the world because you don't, you don't have a, like a 2,600 trophy gap between you and them, <laughs> mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you're in a grand or classic challenge, you can match up against them and you learn from them. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I guess then maybe this is just uh, my uber casualness coming out. Uh, I just kind of wish that there was like a free challenge that didn't cost any gems and there doesn't necessarily need to be any rewards. It's just a challenge that you can try and you're leveled with everybody else that's playing that challenge. Dude, I totally agree with that. I don't know if Supercell will ever do that, but I agree with it, especially for the super casual people. At the end of the day, if I don't have gems and I don't have the ability to play in the ladder because I'm at, at some sort of a cap, it would just be nice to just be able to go somewhere with leveled, capped, leveled things that you don't have to worry about losing anything with. Now, the cool, people will say that the cool thing about 2v2 is that you don't have to worry about losing trophies, right? Or a friendly battle. Or, right, or a friendly battle, fine. But... Friendly battle causes people to have to be online with you. And right. a 2v2 is not level capped. I can't take any deck or any synergized or unsynergized deck into that arena and see if it works. Because I could be playing against people with level 12 and 13 cards. But my baby dragon is level 5. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, change for challenges. I'm starting the hashtag. That's what I want. I want free challenges. We can start it with the hashtag change for challenges. Change for challenges. I'm in. But, dude, how was your week in the arena? Uh, Pretty good. Um, I'm not faring as well as I want to be on the ladder, um, but I am doing very well. Um, Still haven't bested my personal best, but I'm currently sitting at 45, 47, which I think is pretty good considering uh the issues with the mortar mauler deck but i i i find myself unlike you who is playing more challenges i find myself playing the ladder less in order to get less frustrated but then also narrowing my chances of playing so many games and facing so many good people you know what i mean like you play less games theoretically you would think you'd face less good people um but since i'm doing that i found myself developing uh one or two new strategies using this deck and i'm kind of excited to tell you about it okay so one of the things that i've actually been trying to do is use my mortar mauler deck as a zap bait deck i'm not sure that's possible is it because 
I have noticed that a lot of times, most of the decks that I lose against include a zap. So if I can get them to waste their zap prematurely, I find that it significantly helps me get an advantage, at least in the beginning of the game, to the point where I can like fend off a little while um, and then hopefully go for a one crown win and defend for the rest of the game. So what I do is, and it, you know, it doesn't always work, but a lot of times it does. I'll drop my ice spirit directly at the river, right, where the bridge is, and then wait a full second with the Mississippi, and then drop the bats directly over in the same spot. So what happens is the ice spirit technically starts moving while the bats are loading into the battle, and then the bats are ever so slightly behind the ice spirit. So what do you think the tower locks onto first? Well, the ice spirit. Right. But the ice spirit typically survives because I'm facing level 12 people. So it freezes the tower, and then the bats do a huge amount of damage. Now, they can either do the damage, and you get through with that little rush sequence perfectly, or someone uses their zap. And then you are free to use your other cards as you need to. Plus, you only used, what, three elixir? Yeah. I get it. I just, I feel like that combo is three cost and it, I mean, you're baiting out their zap, but at the end of the day, you don't really have any other cards that are zap prone, right? Like no, no other card that you have is zap prone. And if they zap them, they take out three elixir for two costs. So like that could work, but it could also be bad, right? True, but typically I drop my mortar directly after that. So now I know that they probably have like four or five more cards before they get the zap again. Makes sense. So yeah, that's really it for the for my week in the arena. Um, but I also dun 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 maxed out my archers. Boom, dude. We talked about. I think it was like two weeks. Was it? It was last episode that we talked about your. Your archer's almost getting maxed, so now they won't die to arrows. I know. I was so excited to get this to actually happen, and now I have three maxed out cards. So obviously the mortar, the knight, and the archers. And I'm currently working on the ice spirit for the simple fact that I have the most of that card already. Boom, dude. Anything else? Nah, that's pretty much it. Uh, but... Other than our weeks, we did have a kind of a fun week in the arena from Supercell because they brought upon us a gem rush. Gem rush! Dude! Speaking of never having any gems, this is literally my favorite way to get new gems because you can just grind out the ladder and I don't, I don't know what it is. Do you find that like when you play gem rushes and gold rushes that you just... You just go for broke, man. Like, I just feel like I'm always going to get as many towers as possible, and I feel like I play like an animal. Yeah, see, I, th I feel like you and I play on two totally different servers when this happens, because <laughs> I don't play like an animal. In fact, I find myself drawing more than winning or losing because I play the mortar. I mean, you play the mortar, too. I just don't understand how you three crown with that deck. So hmm. at, at the end of the day, you're right. This, this thing, this gem rush is exactly what we free-to-play players need in order to just keep our sanity so that we can play challenges or we can level things up or, or join the, the events that they wind up putting out there for, for specific cards, right? Um, but no, I, I don't have the same fortune as you in the latter. And <laughs> Sorry. I, and here's my thing, dude. <laughs> I, I, don't, I love these things, but at the same time, they kind of get me a little angry because I would love, absolutely love, 
to bring another deck into this challenge. It's not a challenge, but you know what I mean. I would love Mm -hmm. to bring another deck into the ladder, but I can't. I would love for nothing more than to bring like a three crown golem or three crown three musketeers deck into this. But I just can't do it because no cards are high enough level to go in the ladder. Well, maybe once you finish maxing out your Mortar Mauler deck, you can then start working on other cards because then you know you're not wasting time leveling up other cards for a deck that you're not currently using. Here's my problem, Rob. Is this a real problem or a Joe problem? I think it's real, (laughs) but it could totally just be me. Sounds like a Joe problem. I am literally only missing three max cards in my Mortar Mauler deck. The Ice Spirit, the Log, and the Bats. None of those cards are showstoppers. So I am where I am with this deck, and I won't get much further. <laughs> I just, I can't wait to get, like I said, my Expo, my, my, my Golem. I just need more options in the ladder so that I can then take advantage of these rushes, just three crown, and boom. Fair. And then it will be the end of an era. So sad, but yet so true. Yep. Um, and we also got the Magic Archer Draft Challenge. Dude, I loved this challenge. Well, before you go into uh, why you loved it, why don't you tell us what it actually was? All right, so the Magic Archer Draft Challenge was a challenge, obviously, in draft format where you got to pick four cards and your opponent picked four cards for you, but you or your opponent had the opportunity to either pick or pass the Magic Archer. And depending on who picked what or what, you know, whatever, you could have played with or played against the Magic Archer. Um, Mm -hmm. If you got 12 wins, you could unlock the actual new card prior to the release, similar to what they would have done with the Electro Wizard a while back and all the other cards that kind of came out, right? Like the Royal Ghost, etc. Right. So I found myself with this challenge really wondering what would be better. Would I be better drafting the card? and trying to play well with it, or letting my opponent have the card, thinking that they don't yet know how to play with it, so then I could take advantage of them. (laughs) Right. right. So I found myself uh, struggling with the same issue. Uh, But personally for me, it didn't take long to figure out that I shouldn't have continued to pick the Magic Archer, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I lost, and I didn't play more than once. So obviously, I know everybody was so worried and wondering whether I got the card. Definitely not. Well, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, Rob. Go ahead. Rub it in right now. Do it. Don't worry, Rob. It'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I went in thinking that I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it, right? And I thought that the better way to do it would be to pass the card and that my opponents would not be able to play well with it. And after my first game, I lost. And it was because I passed on the Magic Archer, and I very, very quickly realized that it was actually backwards. I had no idea how to defend against it. And I lost, like totally botched the game completely. Um, So every single time after that, I wound up drafting the Magic Archer when I got it, used it every time whenever it came up, and I wound up winning the challenge on my first attempt, (laughs) <laughs> Got 12 wins. Rob. Joe. The last game, I am sitting there. I don't even know how to describe what the feeling in my body was. 
But there was like a minute left, and I had one tower down, and both of my towers were still up. And I just didn't attack anymore. Like, my body wouldn't <laughs> let me attack. It was just like, defend, 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 defend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that moment, I think I would have tried to do that as well, because that's the safer play. Rather be safe than sorry. Right. That's, uh, that's written on a t-shirt somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So, before we move on to any of the fun sections, we have a quick PSA, which we actually posted about this on Twitter. Uh, and for those of you who did not know, there's a cool little Easter egg hidden in the game within your very own clan. So if you actually go in to start a friendly battle um, and you choose one of the basic battles, so those are the two battles that are on the bottom, um, either a 1v1 or a 2v2, but if you hold down on your battle of choice, so let's say we choose 1v1, if you hold down on that button, you will now be presented with a secret option to turn on what is known as the fixed deck order. And it's pretty cool because it lets you fix the starting card of each battle to the card order on your collection screen. And that also applies to your opponent. I cannot say enough how great of a concept this is, especially one for just practicing. Right. Right. But two, even more importantly, for the future of Clash Royale and all of its endeavors, is for esports, competitive Clash Royale play. Let me give you a scenario, Rob. Ready for this one? I'm ready. Let's pretend that it's the grand finals of CCGS, and it's it's a golem beatdown deck versus a golem beatdown deck. Player A gets their pump in their starting hand. Player B doesn't get their pump until the very last card. The game is decided in the starting hand. The person that is the golem player that gets the pump automatically of equal skilled players will win that game simply because the other guy's pump was the last card in his cycle. I, I love the concept because people can basically pick their starting hand and pick their starting order for the first eight cards, right? But at the end of the day, I don't like the idea that it will always be the same, right? Because this could lead to very monotonous, very repetitive, very defensive type things, right? Like it's all mechanical as opposed to um, a little bit of random, right? What I would love to see with this deck feature is not a fully 100% fixed deck, but instead you can pick one card that will always appear in your starting hand, and then you pick one other card that will never appear in your starting hand. That's cool. And I didn't come up with it, but I've seen these types of things like all over Twitter. You see all these different like, you know, different ideas thrown around of how it should be. And this, I forget who said it, but this was my favorite one because it's true. You're then basically taking 25% of your deck, right? Two of eight cards. And you're saying, I want this one all the time. And this one, I never, ever, ever want to see it when I first open up my hand. And right. That gives you pretty good odds. Like the golem player will always have the pump. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. A mortar player will always have the mortar. Expo player might always want the expo. Or if you're a bait player, you, you might want the goblin barrel, right? I mean, like, there's, or, or your princess. There, there are certain cards in your deck that you want to have or you want to see in your starting hand. Now, do you think that that's something that should be, like, for a specific mode? Or do you think that that should be only for, like, tournament play? 
I think it should be open, right? Like, why not? I, 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 I think for sure it should be esports competitive, right? But at the same time, people playing competitive versus casual players shouldn't be playing two different games, right? Right. Like right now, because of the, the, the meta and because of the, the, the ladder and the, and the disparity of card levels, the people at the top, tippy tippy top of the ladder are playing a very, very different game than you and I are because they're not playing the same decks that we play. No one is. <laughs> um, so for, from a competitive standpoint, I mean, that's, it's tournament standards, right? So th- they shouldn't be playing a different game than we're playing. We should have access to what they have, and it, that would make it fun, right? Like, we live vicariously through them, and why not be able to play the way that they're playing? I mean, if the feature is designed for them, that'd be great. But even if you and I could only play it, dude, in friendly battles, I'd be totally fine with that. It should be open. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that uh, wherever you saw this idea, whoever came up with it originally, great idea. Boom. So kudos to Supercell and Clash Royale for listening to feedback that they get from the pros and, and keeping this thing fresh because this is a super, super huge step in the right direction. And I cannot wait to see where it goes. Boom. Boom. Tonight, we are sponsored by SeatGeek. Rob, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. You don't gotta tell me, man. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can literally be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. And I actually used the SeatGeek app to purchase tickets to go see Avenged Sevenfold, and it was definitely the easiest way I've found to purchase tickets. That's awesome, man. But best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code CAST today. That's promo code C A S T. Cast for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks a lot to SeatGeek for sponsoring our show. You know what time it is? What time is it? Do you know? Do you have your watch on? <laughs> well, lately I've been struggling with keep, keeping, keeping time and right. I, I show up late to record. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No big deal. Don't worry. We're, that's water under the bridge now because now it's time for Boom It or Move It. Boom It or Move It. And this week, we are actually using suggestions from our very own Discord's Think Tank channel. And they are all based on potential card ideas that we would maybe like to see in the game. I don't know. We'll have to see. It depends on whether we boom it. Well, or move it. Right. So, uh, you ready for number one? Oh, I'm ready. I feel like you'll like this one. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, so the first one is called the Paracannon, which is a three-cost spell card, and it's a crate with a parachute that lands safely on the ground anywhere in the arena. And when it does, out pops a little cannon. Boom it or move it. So I absolutely love the concept behind this card. Assuming that it is a cannon that actually comes out, like the same cannon you would normally put on your side of the arena, comes out. I am going to boom it, but I'm going to say that I think it should be a four cost card because three cost is probably a bit too much value. But I don't 
hate the card or the concept, so I, that's why I'm booming it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I love the idea of this, but I do think that three costs would be a little bit too cheap for the amount of value that it would give you. Plus, it's a spell that is a building. Right, and how cool is that, right? It's a spell? This would be the second card in the game that is a spell, but isn't like a true spell, like a zap or, a, or, a, or an arrows, right? The goblin barrel and the paracannon would then be two spells that are actually troops in a building. <laughs> right. And although some people might be thinking of the miner, the miner is not a spell. It is a legendary troop. It is a legendary troop. And if you go to the tooltips of the goblin barrel and the miner, you'll see that they are not the same. One is a troop, the miner, the other is a spell, the goblin barrel. Right. So this one's a clear double boom here. All right, man, you ready for the next one? I think so. The Master Builder. He is coming to the arena. He would be a nine-cost card, and the tooltip would say this. The Master Builder himself has arrived and has a variety of gadgets that will surprise the enemy, including the giant hammer, the portable roaster, and a mini cannon. Plus, he repairs nearby buildings. Nine cost card. Boom it or move it. Hmm. I'm gonna boom it. Yeah? A massive master nine cost boom it. Why? <laughs> well, you sound so shocked and displeased with my choice. I guess before before you get into your why, can I guess why? Sure. Is it because you're a mortar mauler player and you would want a card to repair your mortar while you're playing it? That's a fairly logical reason, but no, that's not why. That's not why. <laughs> um, but I, I, and honestly, I don't think that I would make it nine. I would probably make it ten, and I would also make it something that you can't use the mirror on. Uh, so there's no issue with the mirror having to cost eleven. So, but I think the reason why I really like it is because it's a ridiculously high cost card that brings extra stuff into the game with it like a giant hammer, or a portable roaster, whatever that even is. Dude, a mini cannon. What's a mini cannon? Rob, you see, you're excited about things you don't know about. Right. Things I don't know about just scare me. Okay. I'm like, no, I don't want to see a giant hammer in the game. I don't want to know what a mini cannon is. I mean, come on. You don't want to know what a portable roaster is? What if it roasts marshmallows for you? Well, that would be fantastic. I feel right. like the mini Pekka would like that better than I would. But, get this. Hmm. I don't like the fact that he repairs buildings. To me, repairing buildings, I don't know if buildings means like your archer towers, I'm assuming it doesn't. But even the buildings that you place on the map, like a goblin hut, or a mortar, or an expo, I just don't like the fact that you can repair buildings because that leads to defensive gameplay as opposed to offensive gameplay. That's fair, but maybe he could only repair things up to a certain point. Like a max 300 HP something or another. Yes, exactly like that. Then I'm in. Okay, good. Another, another double boom. Are you ready for number three? Hit me. The Bat Cave. An eight-cost card with 1,000 health that spawns bats every once in a while and then spawns four upon death. Not for the Chiroptophobic, which is someone who has a fear of bats. Boom it or move it. So that's a very fancy word, but I'm going to very, 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 very simply go with Moob. Ooh, harsh. Why? Dude, let me put this into perspective for you. An eight cost building would just be destructive, right? 
and mm-hmm. it only has a thousand health. The highest cost building in the game currently is a seven cost barbarian hut. It has 2,000, basically 2,000 HP at tournament cap. And that thing spits out barbarians. Right. This thing is eight cost, one cost more, has about half the health, and just spawns little baby bats every once in a while. To me, this seems lackluster. To me, this seems underwhelming. To me, this is a moob. Okay, all right. Well, fair. Let let me let me ask you one very important, some may say pivotal, question. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Do you like the concept of a building that spawns bats? <laughs> he froze. He can't answer. He doesn't know. I don't know if I like the concept. Ooh, really? I don't know, man. I, I you would then effectively have spawner buildings that give you melee troops like the barbarians. Mm-hmm. Also, that give you ranged troops like the spear goblins also that give you splash damage dealing troops like the fire spirits Mm. oh and then also those that give you air basically melee troops like the bats i mean to me there has to be some sort of an end for spawner troops just because you never want to have a meta that could ever 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 just be all spawner deck right because okay. there is zero strategy in that, and that would just bother me a lot. All right, one last question before we move on. Are you ready? Pivotal. Absolutely pivotal. What if there was a cap with how many spawner buildings you could put in a deck? They won't do that. But if they did that, I would be in. Like, two max, I'm in. Okay, so there we go. We got we got a, a semi-boom. Semi, semi-partial, very, very conditional boom. Yeah. <laughs> right, there's a lot of asterisks at the end of that. You Make sure you read the fine print there. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. Ready? Yes. A card called the Wise Man. He would be one cost, but have 4,000 HP. <laughs> and his tooltip would read this. He does absolutely nothing, but he soaks up tons of damage because he doesn't believe in violence. <laughs> Boom it <laughs> or move it. I think... I think just on principle that I like the idea that there's a card that comes out and all it does is soak up damage. I'm going to boom it. Dude, I get it. This card seems overpowered to me. Yeah. yeah. A one one cost 4,000 HP tank that just soaks up damage and doesn't get distracted by anything. Sign me up. Yes, 100%. All about it. And to be honest, I'm not sure there's much more to say. I think we should just move on to the next one. I'm with you. Uh, So the next one is kind of interesting. So this one is called the Ice Knight. It is a four cost card and its tooltip reads, a rude knight so cold that standing next to him makes you shiver. Boom it or move it. I really want to like this idea. I do, but I'm going to just move it. Ooh, okay. All right. Why? Because why have a four cost card that's a knight? when you can just use the knight. And why use a four cost ice knight that probably just slows down your opponent's troops when you can just use the ice golem and supplement that with another card? Hmm, that's a fair question. That's half the cost. What if every time this ice knight, because it says ice, right? So what if every time he swung at something, he froze it for a half a second? Well, that would be awesome. (laughs) Right. Because now we're getting into the realm of it's not just a knight that slows down. Like Now, to me, that's more like an e-wizard 
but it's a melee version. Right, exactly. I feel like we're starting to flesh out this card a little bit, and it could be kind of cool. I don't know if four costs is the right cost for him, if he has like a thousand health the same way a regular knight is, but maybe five cost. Maybe five cost and a 0.5 second stun. Well, I, I, how how long is the is the E-Wiz stun, do you know? It's 0.5 seconds, so it should be the exact same amount of time. 0.5 seconds is plenty. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I love it. Totally love it. All right, ready for the next one? I'm so, I'm so ready for this if one. If there was ever one to be ready for, this is totally yours. All right, here we this go. This is the one. The chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a four-cost card that has 500 HP. And the tooltip simply says, it runs around and pecks everybody's face off. Boom it or move it. I'm I'm booming this. This this is a boom for me. Why? So I don't think that this thing should cost four costs. I feel like that may be too much, but I do feel like I mean, the game is set in like medieval time esque era style gameplay, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like a chicken only makes sense to be running around from, like, the nearby barn or whatever. Um, I feel like maybe a one-cost card that has a ton of health that does absolutely, like, no damage and just annoys other troops, does a little bit of damage every once in a while, maybe leads troops, it's good for kiting, right? That could be kind of cool. Maybe it's a kite chicken. Maybe, Rob. But I feel like here's my problem with this card. You start putting in chickens into the game, you can, then what? What are we gonna have next? We're gonna have cows in the game too? We're gonna have roosters coming in? That would be appropriate considering that we have a tornado and tornadoes pick up cows like, you know, the movie Twister. Well, I see the, the lineage here, but my problem mm -hmm. is just that I don't like it. Okay, all right. Well, you got 50-50 you got on this one. Oh, that's right. But if it were my game, it would be in there. <laughs> It's not, though, Rob. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of uh, my game, let me give you my favorite card so far. Are you ready? The final Boom It or Move It. How could I not be ready for that? This one's called, are you ready? The Boom Man. <laughs> Get out of here. I, I swear that this was a real suggestion, and I hid this from you in the show notes, so are you ready? I'm ready. What does it say? <laughs> it is a 10-cost card that does 9 million damage, and its tooltip says, rains down a fireball that does enough damage to destroy the opponent's king tower. Boom. Like it says boom in the tooltip? In all caps, actually. So, with that said, boom it or move it. Boom. Absolutely, positively, without a doubt, I will, no, literally zero total hesitation, this needs to be a card. First of all, it would be the only and first 10 cost spell in the game. I guess in theory you could say that the mirror could be a 10 cost spell if you mirror the, the three musketeers, but let's not go down that path. And it would be the spell with the most substance. <laughs> that is absolute fact. Right. This is... This card should, the tooltip for this card should just say the Joey Deluxe. The Joey Deluxe. <laughs> so, you boom it. In your version of Clash Royale, I would let you have this, but obviously for reasons that I feel don't need to be explained, I would move this card. Fine. So you get the chicken, 
I get the boom man spell, right. and we're both happy. I mean, we're already playing on two different servers anyway, right? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, call it gem rushes or any other thing that we do. Right. That was fun, dude. That was that a really was interesting fun. take on boom it or move it. A little bit longer than normal, but hey, we've got a bunch of different cards that we're talking about. I think it was worth it. Totally. Tonight, we're sponsored by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. And while many people know what they do, many people don't know about the types of meals you can eat when you cook with Blue Apron. Like quick bucatini with broccoli and pecorino cheese and Italian-style shrimp and sweet peppers. With incredible ingredients and chef design recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. Dude, I used this last week and I cooked the steak and potatoes with the spicy maple collard greens. It was ridiculous. So easy to make. It took about 30, 35 minutes. And I really felt like, I don't know, man, I just felt like I was cooking again. That's right, man. And I got my pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to my doorstep in a fridge-ready, perfectly packed package. And what's most delicious about this deal is that Blue Apron is treating Cast Royale listeners to $30 off their first order if you visit blueapron.com slash royale. So check out this week's menu and get your $30 off at blueapron.com slash royale. That's R-O-Y-A-L-E. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Thanks a lot to Blue Apron for sponsoring our show. So, let's move on to our meta check. Meta check. And as always, our boy Devin Lloyd Christmas comes to us with the most amazing meta check ever, bro. It's the year anniversary of doing meta checks on the show. I could not believe when I saw this email from Devin that it's been a full year since the very first time that meta checks were implemented into the show as a segment. And before we dive in, Devin, Rob and I just want to thank you so, so much for everything you've done for us over the past year, giving us the numbers, giving us the stats, taking the time out of your day in order to give us a segment on the show that people love and look forward to. So we are super, super excited to share this one with everyone. Boom. All right, you ready for it? I'm ready. So Devin has hit us with this one and it is themed yearbook awards. Naturally, after a year is over, you get yearbook awards. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. It's like the Dundies. Oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) So let's begin. Most likely to succeed award goes to the Miner. Rob, when all is said and done, the Miner was the top win condition, besting the Hog Rider by 34 total uses. A lot can be said about this guy, but his unique ability to tunnel directly to the tower, or anywhere else for that matter, sets him apart from every other card in the game, giving him a future so bright that he'll need to stay underground. Boom. Boom. Next up, the most consistent award goes to the princess. Ding, ding, ding. The princess had a total of 122 uses for the first half of the year and exactly the same amount of uses for the second half of the year, 122. Talk about consistency. Not a lot has changed with the princess in the arena. In fact, the only thing that did change was the speed of her arrows volleying across the arena. Her ranged AoE damage has set her apart from the pack, but it will be interesting to see how her usage fares with the recent addition of the Magic Archer. Good point. Best Couple Award goes to the Hog Rider Ice Spirit. Rob, we've got the Balloon Rage, the Minor Poison, 
The Bowler Graveyard. Some cards are just meant to be together, but nothing compares with the old Hog Rider Ice Spirit combo. Maybe it's the cyclability of a one cost card. Maybe it's the extra split second for a hit because of the freeze. Maybe it's the defense against aerial troops. For all the reasons, the Hog Rider Ice Spirit go together like BMers and cry faces. <laughs> I love it. Plan C, man. Always resort to Plan C. Next up, the most changed award goes to the Skeletons. Things were never the same for the Skellies after the loss of their pal Larry. Rip, rip, rip our boy, our friend, our beloved Larry. When they had Larry, their use rates were around 45%. Without Larry, they diminished to a total of 10%. In fact, Skeleton use rates was so high with Larry that it actually carried to the number six card used in the entire year. Which is why you can see that they have now removed Larry once again from the pack of four. I'm, st I'm still hurt over it, man. I can't talk about it anymore. It's an open and sore wound. We'll just move on. Mm-hmm. The biggest comeback award goes to the Zap. Rob, everybody loves a comeback story. The log may have taken the top spot overall for the year, but the Zap actually beat it out by a decent margin in the second half. In fact, Zap has bested the log for the last three months in a row. With momentum on its side, Zap has a shocking turnaround, and we're excited to see where this thing goes moving forward. This is why I started using Mortar Mauler as a Zap bait deck. You think I'm crazy? I do think you're crazy, but now it probably makes more sense. So the next few are a lot more fun and less statistics. <laughs> so Good. we're going to rapid fire them off. Rob, you ready? I'm ready. Best Eyes Award goes to the Night Witch with her bewitchingly blue eyes. Best Dressed Award goes to the Electro Wizard. He's a great dancer too. <laughs> he does best with 70s disco. I can get behind that. Best Smile Award goes to the Prince. Ooh. Narrowly beating out the knight and swooning over the princess. Most athletic award goes to... Wait, can I guess? Can I guess? Sure. Gotta be the E-Barbs. It is! The E-Barbs, the only characters in the game that have the ability to sign football contracts. <laughs> Come on. Fact. Biggest flirt award goes to the princess. If you're feeling warm and fuzzy towards her, Rob, the tooltip says... It's probably because you're on fire. Right, I do feel like I'm on fire when I check out her card. Next up, best hair award goes to the wizard. Apparently, hood hair can be a good thing. I've never heard of hood hair, just hat hair. Oh, I've, I've had hood hair. It's typically not a good thing, but if the wizard can pull it off, it's pretty cool. I mean, he dies to lightning, so he should have good hair. Right, I mean, fads come and go. This could be the next thing. That's fact. Right. <laughs> next up, Teacher's Pet Award goes to the Baby Dragon. Literally. He's actually the pet of a teacher outside of the arena. Is he? It must be. Devin said it. This is kind of like Google. If the internet said it, it's true. You should absolutely positively not think that this is anything other than truth. Right. I mean, I trust Devin with everything, especially meta. Well, that goes without saying. Last but not least, the Class Clown Award goes to the Goblin Gang. 
Rob, we're gonna need five dunce caps for these guys because they are not only clowny, but they're causing some ruckus in the arena and they need to be put in detention. Yes, uh, fully agree and 100% agree with every award given out this fine evening. So that's the meta check done and thematically designed by our boy Devin Lloyd Christmas. Dude, thank you so, so much for giving us the segment, for helping us out for the past year, and words cannot describe how much we appreciate your efforts, man. Bada bada, boom. All right, it is time for some chests. Chest opening. It's time, man. I don't have a lot. Sometimes it's not about quantity, Rob. Sometimes it's about quality. Right. Well, I mean, we've had a string of chest openings that have not been qualitative, so. Right. But when qualitative fails, switch to quantitative. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So I have a crown, a clan, and a singular big dog. I have the exact same situation. Oh, so you lucked out. You get to go second. That's right. Little brother never leads. You go first. Let's go. Boom. Okay. 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 Are you ready? Oh, Rob. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Uh, So, clan or crown chest first? Let's do the crown chest. Crown chest. All right. So, crown chest. 661 gold. Two gems. Okay. Ooh. Hmm. 25 skeleton barrels. Mm. I mean, they got nerfed. Yeah. They were really good about two and a half weeks ago. They're kind of just nah now. <laughs> well, with the next card, I could already sense how this chest is going. 53 Teslas. Hey, man. I'm leveling up an expo deck. I would love to have those Teslas. I mean, you like the Tesla. I still can't get electrified about this card. Ha! See what I did there? I see what you did there, but yes, I get it. How about now, Joe? Nine Inferno Towers. <laughs> yeah, this is a frown chest. You might as well just yeah. not even open the rest of them. This is dead. I mean, there's only one more. How bad could it be? Well, it, it could... Wait, it, wait. It could be an Ice Golem. Uh, it could, but it's a P.E.K.K.A. Ah, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'll take it. Redeeming quality of the entire chest is the fact that I got 661 gold and one P.E.K.K.A. Everything else can kind of pack up and send away. Boom. All right, I'm up. Ready? Ready. Crown chest. Here we go. 653 gold. Two gems. I I match your gems. Are you kidding me? Four skeleton barrels. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> is, my, is my next card going to be what you got? Hope it's Tesla's. No, but it is nine tombstones. Oh, all right. Ironically, buildings... 74 royal giants and one clone spell so that was pretty bad i'm gonna go with a complete and utter frown chest i mean the clone spell is fun if you want to do what nick at night did and bring 30 magic archers on the screen my problem though rob is i don't play games like that when i'm in the arena i'm in to win fair uh clan chest you ready i'm ready Level 10 clan chest. 1620 gold, as always. 24 zaps. Making a comeback, baby. Biggest comeback. Six fireballs. 90 spear goblins. 
Hmm. 125 bombers. We were doing pretty good. We were. Until yeah. we weren't. Right. 21 three musketeers. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good for a rare card. Three expos. Hey, Hey, I'm sending my way, dude. I know. <gasps> no. Sparky! <laughs> is that a boom or a move or a... Any legendary, good or bad, is always a boom because they're so rare. Dude, I can't believe that happened. Totally redeeming the first chest. I couldn't agree more. We went from frown to I get back down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down. <laughs> All right, Chumbawamba. All right, I'm up. You next. Wait, am I next? I'm up. You next? <laughs> I'm up. You next? <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> this is my clan chest. 1,620 gold. 19 minions. Eight of your favorite card, the Zappies. Heyo. 61 more skeleton barrels. Hmm. 67 regular barbarians. It's because we gave so much praise to the E-Barbs before. They're like, right. where's my contract? I want to play football. Super athletic. Right. 93 bats. Mortar Mauler, baby. 19 mega minions. And my last card, three Expos. Yes! Dude! I couldn't have picked a better Epic to get. That was perfect. That was Epic. Literally. Epic. Uh-huh. All right, so that was not a Flan chest. Well, we like Flan now. Well. We're Flan converts. Total. Total Flan converts. I think the, the term you were looking for was that was not a bland chest. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm here for, to pick you up when you fall down. We've we've said that once before. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got a big dog. What is it? It is a magical chest. Nice! Yeah, and we already got a legendary, so let's see what happens. Let's do it. You ready? Ready! Seven cards. 1,320 gold. Woof. Five bats. Mortar Mauler, baby. 2.0. One. Why would they give me one? One Mega Minion. It's just a mess with your head, dude. Don't let it get to you. Don't let it get to you, Rob. I'm just saying, man. My last chest gave me 21 rares. Stay strong, Rob. All right, all right, all right. You're right, you're right. Be positive. Three Elixir Collectors. Eh, it's an Elixir Pump, but keep going. Right. 38 bombers. We're kind of leveling off here a little bit. This is... This <laughs> is uncertainty. Ooh, 59 ice spirits! Mortar Muller! And you were trying to level that up to max, right? Yeah, bro. I'm more than halfway there now. Boom. Mm-hmm. 22 heal spells. Not happy about it. Somebody needs to heal me because my last card is... Four clone spells. You know, Rob, I've heard uh, those are really good if you'd like to replicate what Nick at Night did on his Magic Archer video. It's moments like these that I wish that I could go back and change what I say to people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm up. 
Ready? A not-so-magical chest. Well, I have a very, very epic chest. Ooh, nice. You have good luck pulling legendaries out of those. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> One expo! Dude, this is your chest. Already? That's awesome. Yes. Well, that ended rather quickly. Three rage spells. Yeah, alright. Five hunters. Not bad. Nice. I don't see those given out a lot. And eleven dark princes. Ooh. That's awesome. So this wasn't bad. This was a pretty good chest. I wish the eleven dark princes were eleven expos, but I will take right. it. But you also got expos from another chest, so you really got like, what, six throughout this whole chest opening? Uh, no. Four total. Close, though, but yeah. Well, simple math's not always my strong suit. But that's okay. I've got a surprise chest. What? Yep. You can't do this to me. I just did. Wait, you can't do it? It, it says in the show notes you wrote one big dog. I lied. You're telling me. I've got myself a lightning chest. Ooh! So this is going to be fun, dude, okay? This is from my quests. I'm going to open up all the cards, and then I get five available strikes to use. And then you, sir, are going to tell me which ones you think I'm going to strike out. I get five, but let's see how we do. So I'm going to open them all up, and then we'll see which ones we strike out. You ready? I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Here we go. 630 gold. Nice. 103 skeleton barrels, mm -hmm. 20 mega minions, and two dark princes. Oh, wow. And you can use how many strikes now? Five total strikes. Five total strikes. All right. So personally, I think that you would keep the mega minion and keep the dark princes and strike out the skeleton barrels. So I will keep the dark prince but i will strike the mega minion and i agree with you i will strike out the skeleton barrel all right yeah that's fair that's fair i did the the mega minion was a 50 50 shot for me so i just striked out the skeleton barrel and i got a royal giant group of 103 and the other cards are still there yep but now here's my question should i strike out the dark prince for the next four times and hope that i get expos so you could do that. I feel like you're really gambling, and there are a lot of epics, man. And you already got you already got expos. Like I know you, this chest opening was good for the for the for the expo. So does that mean that I take the momentum and ride with it, or I I I don't think that this is a uh, like let it ride. Nor do I think that your luck is going to continue. So I I personally would keep the Dark Prince and get rid of the Royal Giant. Fine, I'll strike out the Royal Giants. Start with that. And now I get 103 bats, so I'm keeping the bats for Mortar Mauler. That's 100%. Yeah, definitely keep that. All right, so since I couldn't do two at a time, now I will get rid of the Mega Minion. Okay. And of course, now I get 20 Wizards, so I don't like that card at all. So I think I'm mm. going to strike it. How many strikes do you have left? Two. Yeah, strike it. All right, struck them. 20 Valkyrie. Ooh. Uh, it's good, but not so good. So now here's the question. The question becomes... Do you like what you have? Because you don't have to use your strikes because you're not going to get rid of the bats. Or do you strike out the Valkyrie or the Dark Prince? Oh, I'm going to do Dark Prince. Yeah? I want the Expos. Ah, oh, man. I think you're going to get a clone spell. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> if I, I get think, a clone or a rage. I think you're really, really pushing your luck here. I think you got three pretty solid cards. I would just leave it. But you could do whatever you want. This is your chest. This is your moment. I'm going to let Joey Deluxe shine. 
All right, uh, you know what? I'm gonna take the big brother advice. I'm gonna keep the Dark Prince because if I uh -huh. get something like a Rage or a Clone, I'll be I'll be very upset. Yeah, I know you will. But I am gonna strike out the Valkyrie. I think that's a good. I think that's a better choice. If you were good, if you feel like you have to use the strike, I agree. Last strike. Twenty flying machines. I like that. That's pretty good. All right, so we got six thirty gold, one hundred three bats, twenty flying machines, and two Dark Princes. That was fun. I'd say that that was a pretty successful lightning chest. That was the first time I've ever gotten a lightning chest, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, you've clearly had a better experience than I did, because when I had a lightning chest, it locked up my game for two days. Yeah, see, that's a big problem. If it makes you feel happy, I don't know if this will make you feel happy, but my next chest in the quests is a legendary king's chest, so maybe next episode we'll open that up. Ooh, this could be fun. It's the first time I know about a potential chest coming up. Well, I can't always surprise you. Boom. Tonight, we are sponsored by Simple Contacts. Rob, I have to tell you about my newest time-saving trick. I got my contact lens prescription renewed from my couch the other day in under five minutes using an awesome new app called Simple Contacts. Simple Contacts lets you renew your prescription and reorder your brand of lenses from anywhere in minutes through an online vision test. It's designed by doctors and every test is reviewed by a doctor, so they are literally bringing the doctor's office to your home. But just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full-eye health exam. That's right, man, and I know the contact lens prices are unbeatable, and the vision test is only $20, plus the shipping is free. And best of all, our listeners get $30 off their first simple contacts order with the promo code ROYALE. Try it for yourself and save $30 on your lenses by going to simplecontacts.com slash royale or entering the code royale at checkout. Again, that's simplecontacts.com slash royale or just enter the code royale at checkout. Thanks a lot to Simple Contacts for sponsoring our show. So let's move on to our deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. And this deck is called You Got Spammed because it's a bridge spamming deck, and it'll make your opponents curl up in a ball and not want to play. And it's a 3.3 average elixir cost deck that contains the Dark Prince, the Bandit, the Battle Ram, Ice Golem, Inferno Dragon, Zap, Arrows, and the Fireball. So Joe, teach me how to bridge spam. So, dude, as we talked about on the last episode, the Dark Prince has become a Category 5 Hurricane. And it's not just in Golem decks, but it's also in Bridge Spam decks. This deck, like you said, is a 3.3 average elixir cost deck. It is very, very fast. What's cool about this deck is that it has three spells to facilitate offensive pushes. The Zap, the Arrows, and the Fireball. Each of those three spells should be used for just that purpose, to facilitate an offensive push. There's really not a lot of strategy with this deck, dude. At the end of the day, it is a bridge spam style deck. You distract with the Ice Golem on defense. You use the Ice Golem as a shield on offense. Right. You use the Bandit, the Dark Prince, or the Battle Ram interchangeably when they use their Freeze, or their Zap, or their Log. At the end of the day, this deck has all the tools to annoy the living daylights out of your opponent, keep them on their back foot, 
and prevent them from going on an offensive push. The downside with this deck is that it's very susceptible to beatdown style decks because the only thing that you can kill tanks with efficiently and effectively is the Inferno Dragon. Proper placement with this card to the left or the right behind your archer tower to protect it while also using the Ice Golem to distract and not allow any of your opponent's troops to attack your Inferno Dragon is going to be key. Because if your Inferno Dragon dies, you have almost no answer for any tanks like a Golem or a Giant that your opponent drops down. The other bad thing about this deck is that it doesn't have any sort of building, so you can't buy yourself time. It doesn't allow you to pull anything into the middle of the arena. It doesn't allow you to do any of that. This deck is full-on offense, and the only true defensive card is the Inferno Dragon with the Ice Golem to help distract. Now, the good thing about the Inferno Dragon is that it also provides a tremendously good offensive counter push. And what makes it even harder for your opponents is that, like I said before, the Prince, the Bandit, and the Battle Ram all require some form of either freeze or zap or stun in order to stop them from doing what they do best, charge or dash, right? So if your opponent has to zap your Battle Ram, then they can't zap your Inferno Dragon. <laughs> if your opponent zaps your Inferno Dragon, they might not be able to zap your Dark Prince or Battle Ram and stop them from charging. Your goal at the end of the day is to ensure that you're capitalizing on when your opponent uses their zap, when they use their log, when they use their stun troop. Take advantage of it. After they use their tornado, then throw everything down. No real strategy, right? Drop everything at the bridge. Don't worry about any strategic offense. The only thing you have to do is literally let it all out and then capitalize with a boom, a fireball, a zap, and arrows. Facilitate the offensive push. Drop the mic, walk away, and finish with a boom. A bada bada boom. A bada bada boom. Dude, this deck is so much fun to play with. I just love playing with this deck in classic challenges because obviously I can't take it into the ladder, but it is, I don't want to say it's mindless because it's not, but compared to other decks that you might play with, it, it, there is very little strategy in this, in this deck. <laughs> you, you really just use your Inferno Dragon on defense with your Ice Golem. And then just go on offense. And when your opponent uses their defensive capabilities on one of your troops, you go in. And you go in hard. Yeah, I feel like this deck is one of those decks where, you know, you, you said it was mindless, but I think I know what you were getting at. It's like once you start playing for like the first 20 to 30 seconds of any match and you figure out what your opponent's cycles are going to be and they start playing, this deck just runs like a well-oiled machine. That's exactly what it is, man. And... You don't have to worry about thinking too much about it. You don't have to worry about being five steps ahead of your opponent. Just wait for the one thing to happen that you need, like a zap or a log or, or them to drop their e-wiz down. Whatever that thing is in their deck, once you figure it out, go. Nah, man, I love this deck, and I love the fact that it's cheap, so you can just play it really fast. This, this, seems, like, this seems like a deck that I should start using to play the challenges. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's quick, and it's totally different than any deck you've ever played with. Uh, I agree, because I don't play decks with Battle Rams. Well, that's what I'm here for. Boom. Boom. So, no reviews this week. Still having issues with the server that we are using. Uh, we know that they're out there, so for everyone that is leaving us reviews, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Like we say every single week, it's the number one way you can help us reach more people. Um, we do have 
A new patron! New patron! A huge, huge shout out to Window 11, our newest member of the Patreon family. Absolutely. Window 11, thank you so, so much for spending your hard-earned money to help support the stuff that we do to bring you new, fresh, awesome content each and every other week. We could not be more grateful, and we appreciate you being the backbone of our show. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. Boom. And that's it, man. 57. All done. Wrapped up in a bow. I feel like it's 57, but what if you just stopped and you're like 50 cent? Do you want to be 50 cent? Is that what you're trying to say right now? No, no, no. It's not 50 cent. It's fitty. It's fitty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know it's fitty. I'm just saying, you know, you have at at one point he had to say, I'm going to call myself 50 cent. No, I think it was just, (laughs) I'm fitty. (laughs) What if you just went with 25 cent? But you have to say 25 cent. 25. Yeah. Nickel. Nickelback? Nope. Definitely not. That's a totally different spectrum. But it still is episode 57. Right. It is. Absolutely. Um, so if you would like to join our clan, we do our refreshes every Saturday night into Sunday. Please join our Discord. Go to castrailpodcast.com slash Discord. We always tell our Discord members first when there are new spots. That's right. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. Right. And definitely make sure that you're keeping up and subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Podcast. And a huge shout out to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their website. Be sure to check out their website for this show and any other latest episode. Boom. Boom. And that's it, man. We are done. Thanks a lot to our three sponsors tonight, SeatGeek, Blue Apron, and Simple Contacts. And we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye.